You're listening to Talking TV with Liz and Lindy of PureFandom.com. Greetings, listeners, and welcome to the return of Talking TV with Liz and Lindy. I'm Liz. And I'm Lindy. And we are back talking about The Walking Dead with Woo! Sunday, February 12th return. Episode yeah. 7 times 09. I keep wanting to say Rick in a road in the road, but it's <laughs> Rock in the road. But Rick was literally in the road, Liz, so I understand you're thinking there. Do you see the conundrum, Lindy? I'm seeing I'm seeing the way your mind is working and I'm understanding it. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Well, I, um, I'm really excited to talk to you about this because we haven't been able to geek out over a show in a while with no. the winter hiatus and we've, um, shameless plug brought on like a gazillion new writers to purefandom.com and yes. it's been so awesome. But I, I was just like ready for this. Like I may be too excited. <laughs> I may be too, I may be too like it, in what is the word I'm looking for? I may praise this episode more than it should be, but I'm just excited. I mean, where do you want to start? What should we, what should we talk well, about first? Let's talk about in general, what we thought about the episode, because I want to bring up, and I, it was kind of all over the Forbes review of the episode. So Forbes.com, somebody recapped, and I'm sorry to call them out for this, but I'm going to, somebody wrote the most scathing, mean, recap slash review of the episode and it wasn't I mean it's one thing to be critical of an episode we've been critical I was very critical of the first half of the season but I wasn't hateful about it and I wasn't making fun of it they were almost mocking it and as they were recapping it it's just like oh my gosh they tore apart in the meanest way and I'm thinking you know why the hell do you even watch the show like why do people that don't even like Oh, they just kept saying like how stupid everything was. And they said it was like the dumbest episode ever. And the Walker scene with the car was like the dumbest thing they've ever done. And saying how stupid Daryl was. And I mean, listen, I understand if you are going to be critical about it, but it was just like a nasty review. It was, it was, I, I have to admit some parts of it were kind of funny, but for the most part, it was just bizarre. I don't even understand why people watch the show. I mean, there's a difference between being critical because you love it and you know how amazing it can be, but this was just awful. You have to read it. I mean, I, I just pulled it up and I'm surprised because it's on Forbes. Like we've read, and I, I like that you mentioned that it has some humor in it, but mm-hmm. that is that, but because that makes me think of, um, Oh, what's the guy's name on funny or die that does his comedic recap. And they're hilarious, but they're meant to be a little bit hateful because he's, he's being funny. You know, it's just comedy. Yeah. This isn't like, oh, I'm passionate about the show. I'm just being funny. And I didn't really like the episode. It's like, it's like pretty downright awful. And the reason I found it was because I was looking up theories on Reddit and they, people on Reddit were talking about the interview. So I clicked on it to read it and it was pretty, uh. I mean, it was well-written grammatically, but... Grammatically? (laughs) But it wasn't very nice. I quite liked the episode. I definitely think 
There were some awkward moments. I agreed with the Forbes interview about Daryl's lines not being very great. Yeah. I think that was weird. I'm reading that right now. His lines, I felt like the dialogue was a bit off. But overall, I thought it was a great episode. I mean, I lo- what we love about The Walking Dead, and here's how I'll justify it. What I love, the, I love when The Walking Dead makes me sweat. It makes me cringe. And it makes me pull up 2048 on my phone because I get so stressed out that I need to focus on something else. What's 2048? Is that the weird game you play all the time? Yes, because I'm always freaking out while watching this show. That's the Um, one where you have to put, you know, you put the numbers numbers. together. Yeah, a candy crush. There's a strategy to it. Okay, okay. And I, um, I really, I got to that point when they were, like, unloading all the dynamite and then... I thought it was super badass when they clotheslined all the walkers. Like, that was hilarious. I thought that yeah. was super cool. Yeah, it was cool, but I'm just thinking gravity-wise, you know, science. I don't think they would have been able to keep their cars straight like that with that much pressure against that line. I think their cars would have kind of bowed in a little bit. I don't know because I just don't think you- that's physically possible. It depends on how rotted they were. But That's I mean, what I was going to say. they were they different levels of rotted, I'm sure. You know what we should do? That would, this would be kind of hilarious. We need to seek out like some physicist or is that even how, what they're called? Physicist? Physicist? I don't know what would be a physicist. physicist. Okay. Whatever. Someone that does math about that kind of shit. <laughs> and I want to be like, okay, let's just, let's just throw this equation out here. You have... 250 plus walkers the apocalypse has been going on for what five years is that how much time we've passed over three years four years how much nobody time knows. has gone by nobody knows i'm gonna go with three okay let's go no, with three because years think about how little judith is still at this point so although we haven't seen her in forever but she's judith is like maybe two so three yeah. years i guess okay so three years max and then if we measure out the width of the cable, which we could get from those close-up shots, and then if we use the weight of the cars and the speed that they're going, oh. like I, I, I need to pull out a, an old uh, like science book because no. I'm pretty sure there's an equation for this. There's a sci-fi show. Is it Mythbusters or something where the guys test all those things to see if they scientifically would be possible? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure it's called Mythbusters. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like on that or even like, uh, no, I think you're right. It's the sci-fi network. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Either way, let's pitch it. I'm going to try and figure this out. Like next week, I'm going to start the podcast and I'm going to say that I trolled some weird (laughs) physics professor at a local university and I made them try and figure this out for me. I can't wait for the response. I can't wait. Okay, so we both liked the episode. I kind of enjoyed that there was a little bit of comedy in it. I thought Gregory was kind of funny. Some people said he was annoying. I I thought he was just being Gregory. He's just being Gregory, just like Miley's being Miley. You know, he just does his thing. And I thought, like, (laughs) that was so bad. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm just being Miley, you know? Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Um, Okay. Also, I thought Rick meeting Ezekiel for the first time was pretty funny. That whole group, you know, because they didn't expect to see that. But the one thing is, like, they did point out in the Forbes article, which I 
thought was kind of interesting was why hasn't Jesus told them about these people like a long ass time ago? All this crap has been going down and he's like, oh, yeah, I know this guy that has a tiger and a ton of people with a bunch of guns. You should meet him now. Like, okay, that's true. But I will say maybe he was honoring Ezekiel's. um, You know that, you know, how Ezekiel's like, we brought you into our circle of trust. Maybe he was honoring that by trying to shield the kingdom as long as he could. Mm. until it, it was like desperate time, desperate measures. I'm just finding the optimism here in, okay. in the, in the hateful Forbes article. Okay. But I also, I, I also want to know, um, do you think now that we're talking about Ezekiel, do you think Ezekiel was wrong to say no to Rick? And also, do you think Daryl has any chance of convincing him otherwise? Well, here's my theory on that. I think they don't want things to move too fast with the show so i think a little bit of resistance from king ezekiel even though he'll probably eventually give in and join the fight i think it's necessary just for the show but i think that daryl now that he's left behind in the kingdom is going to come across carol and carol is going to be convinced to help them in some way and i think carol will be the one that convinces ezekiel because Ezekiel obviously has a thing for Carol. You know, I, that scene had to be purposeful, showing Ben, Ezekiel's, you know, dude going out and checking on Carol. And, you know, we see that Ezekiel has a soft spot for her, and he, she obviously means a lot to him. So I think it was intentional that they put that scene in. So I, I think that in the next couple of episodes, we're going to see Carol being the one that convinces Ezekiel to join Rick and everybody else's fight. Agreed. I definitely agree with you. And I think it doesn't, does make sense to your point in terms of how fast this whole war thing will happen in the show for Ezekiel to have some sort of resistance at first. But I also see why he would have resistance because his people don't even know that he has a deal with the saviors. Mm-hmm. Saviors don't come into the kingdom at all. So it makes sense to where he, that he would hesitate. And it kind of makes me respect him more as a leader to where he's like, yo, I get it. Like, I don't like them either, but my people are safe right now. Mm -hmm. I haven't had Negan come and bash two of my family members heads in. I -hmm. haven't had him, you know, come up and take all my weapons. He hasn't done any of that yet. So I, I get it. Yeah. I almost wonder... Yeah, like, why would Ezekiel, who, like you said, hasn't seen that violence necessarily against his people from Negan, you know, join this fight? So I almost wonder, since the saviors are searching for Daryl, if they somehow get a tip-off or something that um, Daryl's at the kingdom, and if they head head to the kingdom and cause a ruckus at the kingdom and maybe kill some people there, like maybe kill Ben or kill that kid or something, um... And I think maybe that in combination with Carol could set him off. Cause yeah, I think there definitely needs to be some kind of catalyst in the kingdom to make them want to want to fight. Cause they've got it kind of good right now. They do have it good, but I'd also like to see someone stand up in this show or push their limits because they just have faith in something and not because they, have had this horrible experience. Every time we have a group move forward, we talk about this a lot. 
in our previous podcast, it's always a test of how far are you willing to go. And I don't know, it'd be nice to see, have him see it happen to somebody else and say, okay, I get it. And maybe that's what he needs in order to get to understand, or maybe they're just the last group to join. And he sees how many people Rick's rallied up and he's like, okay, fine. Like let's rock and roll. What? What? What if the catalyst is because they kill Carol? I thought about that, but I'm not even going to bring it up. I honestly, I thought about that, but there's no way. There's no way because she, if they do, I think that'll just be stupid. Like what? So he's doing it for the love of Carol? Like, no, he's got a kingdom. To well, it would show, I don't know. She might die. Although we'd like to see a little bit more of her. I mean, I think her story arc has so much potential because... You know, if she joins back with Rick and them or whatever she decides to do, I mean, she's such a drastically different person. And obviously, she's going to come across Daryl. So that interaction is going to be very interesting, I think. Yeah, I think I think their relationship is still platonic. But, of course, they love right. each other more than anything. But where I think if Carol dies and that's a catalyst for Ezekiel, what I would like to see and what I think would justify her character more would be her killing herself and on like a suicide mission or something no. as a part of the master plan to show Ezekiel, like, I told you I was done with all this, but that's how much I love these people and how much I believe in the cause that they're doing. So my last, my last gift, you know, since she's already basically given up, like her last effort to the group is to do this big thing that requires her to like, basically blow herself up you know the dynamite or something like that and then i could see ezekiel being like of course he that would make him love her like more than ever and that would be a catalyst but i don't think it would be out of grief that he would do it i i I, for ezekiel i feel as though he acts out of a out of revelation and that would just make more sense don't you think for both characters i don't know only time will tell only time will tell I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities about how all this is going to go down. That's what's so exciting is it's like, finally, I'm kind of excited about all these different groups <laughs> that we met, that we jumped around to all last half of the season. Um, because now there is so much in play and all the communities mm-hmm. and the leaders are so different that there's there's a lot of ways that things could shake out. So I it, I don't know. It makes it fun. Well, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, well, first off, and this, this next comment leads into my question for you. Um, Rosita needs to take a motherfucking chill pill. I hate her. And she's driving me nuts right now. Like, I love how sassy she is. Like, I get it. I'm Latino as well, but you need to stop. And here's the deal. I think she will her chill pill will be hashtag taken once she sees how this Gabriel boat thing plays out because they made it a point for her to say, no, he just left. No, he just left. Like she's automatically like, fuck everyone that is not in this, you Mm -hmm. know, 24 seven. So I, I, and I think that Gabriel is up to something like there's a reason he took everything and they made it look like he was giving up and maybe he was planning it that way, but he obviously led the group to another group with a whole lot of guns and either the guns made Rick smile or Rick knows someone there and he recognizes them and it made him smile. 
And he's, or he's realizing, oh, all right, Gabriel, you led me to these people. Like, okay, hashtag thank you. Like, what what do you think is, is going on with, first so, of all, do you think that's right about Rosita? And what do you think about um, this new uh, yeah. group we've come across? That was a loaded question. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm ready. Okay, so Rosita actually, I'm not she was actually the weakest part of the episode for me. And I feel like they were trying to push her character so much to make her like a bigger part of the show and more like likable or something. I don't know, but they all of a sudden it was like, Oh, Rosita is can get all this dynamite off the road and showing her acting like being a brat. I don't know. I feel like they were pushing her character a lot and I felt like it was kind of bizarre. Um, And yeah, I thought she was being a little shit. I, I mean, We'll see where her character goes if she doesn't die. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I've always kind of been weird with her and kind of the way that she treats everybody else and the way that she acts, but that's fine. Okay, so about Gabriel. So people are talking about another person that was in the car with Gabriel when in the beginning scene where it was all dark and you saw him drive off in the night, people saw another person in the car. Well, and let's also not forget about the ending scene from the mid-season finale where you saw the person in the boat boots. That was the same. Those were the same boots that we saw from earlier in Mm -hmm. that episode as well. Standing outside watching Gabriel. Yeah. So I think I, I don't, I guess an easy thing that it could be is that that somebody from this new group coerced Gabriel to get all the food and come with them and stuff. And, but why would Gabriel leave the note there to have them lured to that? So I don't know. I think Gabriel is a part of this bigger plan and wanted to lead them there. And one thing that I noticed when all those people walked out from the junk piles and they're like dark emo clothing, um, I think there were a lot more women than men. Did you notice that? I noticed that too. And I was like, oh shit, was there some Oceanside folk? Yeah. And then I was so. like, oh, if not, maybe it's the same situation where a lot of the men were murdered. Yeah. Just like in Oceanside. Yep. Um, yeah, I definitely noticed that as well. And I agree with you. The note was definitely left with intention. And maybe he was trying to set it up to where, you know, it looked like he was taken, but it came across the wrong way or that they got robbed or yeah. something. I think he you was know? definitely trying to lead them, lead Rick to the group because the entire episode is about Rick trying to gather people and gather weapons. That's what the entire episode was about. And at the end, he smiles because he's been led by Gabriel to exactly what he's been looking for and exactly what he needs. And he smiles because he's like, yes, this is this is what we need. This is what we've been looking for. So I think that's definitely why he smiled. And I think Gabriel definitely brought him there on purpose. Now, who the boots were, I don't know. Could it be another Alexandrian that's like plotting with Gabriel? Or is it, you know, somebody from this new junkyard community? I don't I don't know. And I feel like they could have left some food behind. Like, that was really rude. Yeah, it was. I think... I just, I think that maybe Gabriel knew that they would go to that community in a stealthy kind of way. So that way they would go unseen. And maybe that's why he left the trail the way he did. 
that way no one could follow them. I mean, maybe. maybe that person confronted Gabriel and was like, if you come with me, you have to come now. And the only way you can talk to our leader is if you bring some goodies and yeah. like check out all this other shit I have. And that's why he was like, okay. And, you know, the reason he did that and he left the note was so, you know, they could find him. Yeah. I don't know. I hope they tie it all together and it's not just like, oh, shit, sorry, man. I thought I was just trying to make it look like I stole some stuff. <laughs> you know, like, I hope there's some, there's, like, more uh, yeah. wit and cleverness I, I behind think this. there will be. And I, and I also hope that I think seeing that there were more women than men, you know, is a good thing, sadly, because maybe that means Negan took out the men and that means maybe they'll be more sympathetic to the cause, more willing to join, and maybe they have some connection to Oceanside or say something that makes Tara reveal the Oceanside community because they've got to come in at some point. Otherwise, that whole long freaking episode was for nothing. And I can't believe that. I refuse to believe that's true. <laughs> true. And maybe the if there were, since there are more women, at least it appeared to be look like there were more women in this group we just came across. Mm-hmm maybe that group will help convince the Oceanside folks to join. Like, Hey, the same yeah. thing happened to us. I don't know, yeah. but there's, there, there are so many damn people now. Like how yeah. do they not come across all these people? Well, they stayed hidden, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of options for, for them to do. I feel like it's weird having Daryl separated from the group already. So I think there's something big coming for him or else I don't think they would have left him there. I think he's destined to have some kind of storyline. I think it'll be with Carol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see that. So who do you think, since it's, we've kind of d- dissected all the important parts of the episode, Yeah. who do you think is, as we wrap this up, who do you think is winning this season so far? Like which character has been written really well so far. They're on a good path. The second season, second half of the season looks like a good path for their character. Who are you loving? Well, I think definitely Maggie. Um, she is showing a lot of strength and the people of Hilltop are loving her. And I think it's pretty clear to see where her character is heading. Um, she's pregnant. She's fierce. She's overcome. And is still dealing with losing Glenn. But she's got this new purpose almost. And it's to help protect these other people. And I think there's a lot coming for her I'm excited about. And I love, I've always loved Morgan and Carol. Um, I think Morgan is always an interesting factor. um, Since he has such a different point of view than everybody else. I think I think I'm excited to see what happens with Morgan and Carol. What about you? Yeah, they definitely shake things up. Um, I'm really proud of Daryl's character this season. Mm-hmm. You know, they they try to find ways to to test him, to try and break him, and he was truly broken that first part of the season. I mean, the fact that he was he's been tortured the way he has and then when he finally reunites with the group and then mm-hmm. Rick just leaves him there and is like, no, you still have a job to do. It was almost like you saw Daryl's face, like, I can't believe you're leaving me here. But then also realizing, like, what did I expect? Like, the job's not done. Yeah. Like, we can't be happy yet. Like, but it was, he almost looked terrified. Like, he didn't want to be away from them again. 
What do you think is coming? What do you think his next story arc is? Like, what do you think comes next for his character? For his character, I'd like to see him. Well, the first part of the season, you, you know, he's clearly Rick's right hand man. And he is, he, he questions what Rick's doing. If we remember at the beginning of the first part of season seven, And so now he's been almost given this opportunity where it's like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. Like, if you think you can make these decisions as a leader, like now it's up to you. You're going to have to try and rope Ezekiel in. You're going to have to negotiate. And a part of that is figuring out what, um, what, uh, like what you can leverage to do, to, to do that with. And maybe he'll find that that's Carol. Yeah. You know, and really starting to, I'd like to see, and I mean this in a really good way. I just, I just don't know how else to say this. <laughs> I'm excited to see him like problem solve, <laughs> you know, and use of his noodle, like, use his noodle, like, use his noodle. You know, I mean, he just, Daryl's that kind of guy that just gets shit done and he mm-hmm. can do even more than that. He can get shit done and he can also take initiative and being alone there. I mean, Morgan doesn't count. I mean, being alone without the core group that, you know, they've been uh, conspiring against me. He's been conspiring against Negan with, it's going to, it's going to test him a little bit. You know, I'm excited to see how that goes. That would be interesting. And like being at the kingdom, you know, that they have, you know, they have so much nice stuff there. They probably have Rubik's cubes he could play around with and like some seventh grade, like math workbooks. So he could really start, (laughs) you know, Flexing his brain muscles a little bit right. while he's there. Definitely. Some yeah. Sudokus, some brain exercises. <laughs> and I think, I know we got to wrap up, but I will say, did you notice how beefed up they made Aaron's character? He was like always kind of in Rick's shadow throughout the episode. He was even kind of dressed like him. He kind of looked like him, actually. I think they're propping Aaron up to be a bigger part of the story. At least that's the feeling that I got. Yeah, at least his pecs looked bigger. I mean, he wasn't hiding in a raincoat. Like, he's. <laughs> He's got a Henley on, you know, so he's he's graduated in terms of walking dead attire. He's ready to rock. He even got his own scene with his boyfriend that I forgot that he even had. Like, that was so random. I know. At first, I was like, fuck, who's attacking him? And then I was like, oh, it's the boyfriend that couldn't walk, but I guess now can. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, very odd. Anyway, overall, I thought the episode was awesome, and I thought it was a really great way to start the season back, it was nice to have all of our group together to be able to see where everybody was at after, you know, the season was so broken up, you know, prior to it returning that it's nice to see them all together again. So overall, I am really excited to see what comes next. I really am. Me too. I'm pumped. And Woo! we're excited to recap weekly for you. We'll be posting probably on Tuesdays um, because Lindy and my husband, well, Lindy gave my husband this idea. Um, to sign me up for a stand-up comedy course. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're actually real people that do other things. And so Monday night, I am now spending three hours learning stand-up comedy. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yay! And what? No, obviously my bit's not that good. But I'm working on it. That's why I'm going to a class. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. So we will be posting on Tuesdays. So that way we can collect all the theories from the interwebs on Monday and bring you some fresh perspective on Tuesdays. Yes. And if anybody is going to be at Portland Wizard World this weekend, we are going to be there. 
It's yep. going to be a blast. There's a lot of really amazing people going to be there. Who's going to be there? Tatiana Mislani. Alan motherfucking Tudic. Tudic. That sounded weird. Tudic. And who else is going to be there? Theo Rossi. Um, Neville from Harry motherfucking Potter. Neville. Charisma Carpenter. Like a ton of people. Oh, and Eugene from The Walking Dead. We should probably mention him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got some good ones coming up. It's going to yeah. be pretty awesome, and we're doing our first Star Wars fan panel. We're very excited. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're doing a Walking Dead panel as well as a Game of Thrones panel. Yes. And we'll be um, we'll be doing all the, the Instagrams and the Twitters while we're there, so make sure you follow us. And also make sure you download our app. Our app's free now, so make sure you check it out. And you can find that on the Android and uh, Apple Store. Yes. All righty. I think that's that's it, right? I think that's it. Yeah, make sure you check out our other podcast right now. Brad and Court Talk are recapping The Magicians on Sci-Fi. We have Super Talk that recaps Supergirl. And we have um, our Star Wars Theory Series podcast, which is um, me and my brothers just geeking out over Star Wars because it's the only way I can get them to hang out with me. We yeah, but those. you have legit theories. Like, you guys have... They're serious. It's gotten gotten pretty intense. I will say, I can't believe how much I've learned. Like, I knew my brothers were nerds. I didn't realize how big of nerds they were. (laughs) Like, they know so much. I mean, there's like, there's a lot. I didn't realize how many, um, yeah, I I didn't realize. I didn't realize. Uh, We also have a new podcast, I Now Pronounce You Nerdy. And that is one of our senior writers, Meg Bonnie, and her husband. Um, they were doing some fun Teen Wolf podcast, so look for some more new episodes of that coming out. And um, I think that's all the shameless plugs we have for you. I think that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. Capes out. Visit purefandom.com for more kick-ass news on your favorite shows, fandoms, movies, and more.